Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Cubs, pups, leather daddies, sirs, slaves, gimps, and all other lovers of leather lifestyle. This is Sideboob Cinema, brought to you by the New Flesh Podcast. It's Pride Month, and it's time to get your kinks out in front of as many children as possible. My name is Ricky Allpike. Joining me tonight are my fellow leather queens, AJ and Jonathan Astro. AJ, do you like a man in uniform? Sure, yeah. And John, ever been <laughs> porked or had a man smoke your pole? <laughs> all right that's Straight a reference up. to the film just don't everyone think that he's asking disgusting questions oh well, he does do that i'm just saying that's from the actual film we were watching today cruising 1980 well, I, I went to the zoo today and there was at the gift shop there was the wrong zoo the, the window had uh, a rainbow ribbon painted around it and it said like uh, lions and tigers and bears oh my I mean, I mean, I don't even know what the whether these two things were linked, but um, uh, I just think that you know, why do isn't why do the bears have to be gay? I don't understand. Or maybe they were talking about the bears that you're probably talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they're the, they're, they're the chubby gay guys that are hairy. They're the bears. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think that that you know, we can't even go to the zoo. Oh, it's Pride Month. We can't even go to the zoo without it just being exhausting. You know, it just mm. drains you. you. Just look at it and just go, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know, I get it. You like to suck a dick. I get it. They're not even doing that though. I'm surprised they haven't dressed up some of the animals in 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 leather gear. You know, and spray painted them <laughs> rainbow colours and stuff. You know. Yes. No, they didn't done any of that. So anyway, Cruising 1980, William Friedkin directs, screenplay by the same, based on a book uh, by Gerald Walker. I, I do understand that he has strayed from that novel somewhat. Oh. Um, yeah, I think he took some liberties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think, as as uh, Friedkin is known to do. Uh, budget $11 million, box office $19.8 million when box office mattered. Was this ever going to make money? This movie, it made some money, right? Yeah, but it it made a it said box office nineteen point eight million, budget eleven. So, and this was sort of at the very beginning of video, if that, like nineteen eighty. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's um, it's not a blockbuster. It's not a smash. Well, I'm surprised the controversy around this film didn't get more people out to see it. Yeah, well, let's start at the beginning. Um, so, had we have we seen this movie before? I had not. No, never. I think that we did these movies in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what would? How should we have done them? We went. We went too hard, too quick. Well, I've forgotten now. So what? Stranger, we, by, Stranger the by the Lake. Oh, did well, you, Quarrel, really. Yes, <laughs> I did, see. If I'd known that this was going to be so exhausting. This whole process, <laughs> I wouldn't have put Pharrell at the end of last. If you, if someone has tuned in to the last four episodes, <laughs> they would think that this. 
we should be winning the queer palm. We should. That's true. Where's our queer palm? We've 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 screened endless gay movies. That's all I watch. <laughs> I just I go to work. I you know do a few bibs and bobs, and then I go home and I watch gay cinema. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You could totally talk about that at work endlessly too. How you going home? You're going to watch some gay movies. Yeah, and they'd go, oh yeah, and then I go, no, really. And um, I am. That's definitely what I'm doing. <laughs> But 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 how how do we rank these? So so AJ, out of the three we've done for Pride Month, which, which from I guess uh, best to to worst maybe. Oh okay, I wasn't doing bet. I was doing intensity. Intensity, yeah. right? <laughs> Straight up gay porno. Mm. That's that's where my mind went to, <laughs> and I feel like this was at the the other end. Yeah. Because he doesn't, Pacino doesn't do anything. If Pacino was sucking dicks like in Stranger by the Lake, then give him his Oscar. Yes, (laughs) definitely, (laughs) definitely. So, so, so John, what about you? Which ones did you enjoy the most? Like, like rank them. Oh well, look, I've 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 enjoyed them all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Probably. Uh, well, I love cruising. I just say uh, opportunity to watch that again is is great. And then probably Stranger by the Lake and uh, Behind the Candelabra I enjoyed, but but I don't get as much out of it uh, as uh, like Stranger by the Lake was really surprising to me, in, mm. and and I was really uh, rocked by its Hitchcockian roots uh, and and um, yeah, just the dirtiness of it all as well. Like uh, pretty unforgettable stuff, like like in Stranger mm. by the Lake. So yeah. Yeah, memory burns. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. That that's kind of the sequence for me. Like, so mm. I enjoyed cruising the most, then Stranger by the Lake, and then Behind the Candelabra. Great. Well, that's all the guys. Uh, that's the rating of the guys. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. How would you like to disappear? Disappear? Go undercover. You know this man. Who's here? I'm here. You're here. These victims are all the same physical type. What about him, Skip? Late 20s, 140, 150 pounds. Dark hair, dark eyes. Have you ever seen him before? I want to send you out there to see if you can attract this guy. How where? A New York City detective in search of a killer is about to disappear into the night. Is it dangerous? I can't talk about it. How do you know you're gonna end up the same person when it's over? An odyssey to the edge of city life. Bartenders are starting to give me some information. There's this uh, name keeps popping up all the time. There he is, the one with the hat. Is that the one that followed you? Yeah. Why didn't you go with him? I don't know. I think you should check him. If you want to play, I'll play with you. He's the wrong guy. Prince don't match. What he sees 
Synopsis, here we go. The film opens with body parts being discovered in the Hudson River by a trawler. There's a killer on the loose and he's knifing gay men in the West Village. Captain Edelson, played by Paul Sorvino, engages Steve Burns, Al Pacino, to go undercover in the leather bar scene to root out the killer. Burns is picked because of his resemblance to the victims. He's dark and handsome. It's a honey trap, basically. In exchange for this dangerous assignment, Burns will receive his gold shield and become a full detective. The mission is top secret and he's unable to tell anyone about what he's up to. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Including his girlfriend, Nancy, played by Karen Allen. Burns adopts a pseudonym, John Forbes, and rents a room in the village. He strikes up a friendship with a cheery gay called Ted Bailey, a struggling playwright, and hits the scene hard. As the murders mount up, Burns leads the cops to a suspect named Skip Lee, who is a waiter at a steakhouse when he's not cruising leather bars. The cops beat and interrogate Skip and all but get him to confess, but it's bogus and they all know it. Uh, So they're back to square one. Meanwhile, Steve is also drifting away from his girlfriend, who you know doesn't do it for him anymore if you catch my drift. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Burns goes deeper into this seamy world of leather, hanky codes and moustaches and eventually hits on a serious lead. One of the victims was a Columbia professor and Burns checks the Columbia yearbooks and discovers that one of his students is a frequenter of the leather bars, one Stuart Richards. Burns stakes this kid out and it turns out he's a real peach. He's disturbed. Uh, He's an art student who sees visions of his dead father who uh, his father actually tells him uh, that he knows what to do. Burns and Richards finally clock each other and it seems that the men both know that they have a date with destiny. They get in their leathers and rendezvous in a park in the dark of night. They strip and stare each other down. Richards tries to stab Burns, but Burns stabs him first. Richards is taken into custody and indicted and he's clearly crazy. Burns is given his detective shield and told by his captain that he will surely be cleared of the stabbing after a routine appearance at the grand jury. Captain Edelston is called to a later called to a murder scene and finds the body of Ted Bailey, the gay playwright from earlier. And Edelston in this scene discovers that Burns was renting uh, the apartment down the hall under his pseudonym, John Forbes, until very recently. Burns returns to his girlfriend, ready to return to his old life. The film ends ominously with Burns looking into the mirror as he shaves and then breaking the fourth wall and looking at us. The killer, it seems, is still on the loose. Mm. Cruising. (laughs) 
Very good. <laughs> I, I have to say, now, I, I've, I may have said this on previous podcasts, it is refreshing to see Pacino in a film where he's not shouting all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's quite subdued in this movie. He's very good. So, jeez, mm. um, you'd pay anything for him to be subdued now. Well, you'd just go, oh, God. Yeah. Don't do anything. Just, 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 you know, just tone it down. What's wrong with you? Why are you shouting all the time? <laughs> so yeah, no, he's good in this. It's a, it's, it's weird time as well because it's um. I think he was in the doldrums a little bit because it's. I mean, he had just. I mean, the run he had in the seventies, ridiculous. Godfather one and two, Serpico. Well, I don't really like Serpico. It's not really that good. No. But uh, Dog Day Afternoon's good. You know, it just goes on and on. He's got a, a huge films in the 70s. And then by 1980, yeah, it's, 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 he's sort of hit a rocky patch. He's done some, well, I guess this was a bit of a bomb. And Scarface didn't do that well, which was a couple of years later, although that's a fucking masterpiece. Um, but he, didn't, he had a resurgence later in the 80s, about 1988. So it's a weird time for him, you know. And I think it shows. It's, it's something mm. about him. He's, he's just, he's... He's a bit, um, he seems um, detached, you know. Which was good for this character. It was good. It only adds mm. to the ambiguity of the, of the whole thing. So, um, all right, give me first impressions. What, are, what, are we, what did we think of cruising? Well, I, I really enjoyed it and it, it took me a little while to work out the whole double killer thing that, that happens. The what? Uh, there's two killers. Is there? Possibly, possibly three killers. Do you not know this? Well, explain yourself because because <laughs> I get the feeling there's 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 one killer, one killer, and then <laughs> you know, sort of a someone who might be a new killer. Well, the new killer you're talking about, Pacino. Sure, he's the third one. But so you've got you've got the first guy. Uh, you see the first murder quite quite quickly, right? Sure. Then. Then that guy is the guy that gets so so the the first killer gets killed in the forest by the second killer who ends up who ends up being the one that Pacino stabs. No, but you're right. You're technically right. You're getting into the weeds here, but <laughs> I think the whole point of what see so what they've done in the movie quite cleverly is that they have gotten uh, the, let's let's call it let's just call it killer the, the character of killer is played by like three different people and and overdubbed by another guy. So yeah. the, the voice dad. is the dad. Yeah. And, and that's where the voice comes from. That links them all. Mm. But but what they've done to sort of um make it more ambiguous is they've 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 played with the casting of the of the killer in the way you've just said. Um I mean, you certainly, you, I suppose you could take it. There's no rules. You could take it literally and say that there is two killers. But I, my, I'm going to throw my my hat in there and say no. And no, I think that um, they're trying that Friedkin's trying to make a broader point about the 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 ambiguity uh, and sort of nondescript nature of evil or something by having it be people you can't really you can't really get a you're like is that the same guy who is that you know like you can't get a purchase on who it is what what, what do you think because another thing he does is that the first victim is is the victim in the peep show so that guy gets killed twice is it yes but the first the first but they're nothing like the the, the, the the columbia professor the first yeah the first victim who gets tied up um, yeah, yeah, and stabbed on, in the, on the bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he also gets killed in the peep show. 
No. He does. No. He gets killed twice, I'm sure of it. He's just got a type. If that's the same guy, that's amazing. Because that guy in the first scene is nothing like the guy, the, the, the bearded guy who works on Madison Avenue or wherever he works. And then mm. goes, that's the guy who gets killed in the peep show. He's, a, he's like a rich guy. And then he goes, well, not rich guy. He works at a nice designer mm. uh, clothing store. And then at night he goes to the peep show. Look, anyway, I think the point is we don't know. We don't know who did any of this. But, um, hey, this has already got us talking a lot more than some other shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> And the point is that they are all disposable. Like there's going to be someone, like no one really cares. Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a part of the population that people d- didn't care about then. Great, and that's great, what makes it sad. Great point. Great point. Yeah. Cause it was sad. It's sad at the beginning. It's sad when they, um, the cops take in the trannies. <laughs> That is one of my favorite scenes. So it was great, but it, like you feel like shit for them. Yes, like they they make you feel sad. The um, there's two patrolmen. Uh, Joe Spinell is one of them. He's a great character actor who's dumb and dumb. who's been well. That's the other guy is the <laughs> yeah, dumb and dumber yeah, yeah. guy, and uh, he, so he's the guy that Lloyd <laughs> doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, he, kills. he kills him. Isn't that right? Yeah, he's the gas man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How does he know I got gas? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but the other guy, Joe Spinell, uh, the other policeman, he was in The Godfather. He's in The Godfather 2. He's in Rocky, Rocky 2, Taxi Driver, uh, Sorcerer, oh, wow. and Cruising, and a Maniac as well. He's probably his most famous non mainstream masterpiece. He did it. He's a, his own horror movie called. But Maniac is one of the most disturbing and grimy movies ever made. It's so awful. And, um, uh, but he is just like such a beast man and, and and he's so good. Everything he says is funny and scary and um, even in this, so he's sitting there with the Dumb and Dumber guy, they're driving around and he's just saying shit like, one day this whole city's going to explode, you know. But but he says mad shit like, he's like, huh, she leaves me. She goes to Florida with the kids, leaves me with a note, you know, like like yeah. I'll show her. And uh, <laughs> and the other guy goes, you know, they're all scumbags or whatever. And then like Joe, Joe listens to him and he goes, what the hell are you talking about? Just keep driving. You're going to be driving this car your whole life. Yeah. Shut up. You know, like it just says like the best stuff. It just says the best stuff. Like what a thing. If you're driving someone and you're just like, you're going to be driving this car your whole life. What, what a. It's your partner. What a fatalistic <laughs> view. You know, you are so filled with with negativity. You're just like, shut up, man. You're gonna, you're gonna, you don't know nothing. You're going to die in this car, you know. She ain't going to make a fool out of me takes the kids and goes to Florida to see his sister leaves me a note. Ten years. They're all scumbags. What? They're all scumbags. Who? All of them. You're better off. Just drive the car, huh? You'll be driving this car the rest of your life. What do you know? You don't know nothing. I'll get that bitch. She ain't gonna jerk me around. I'll get her. You'll get her. Damn straight I will. One day this whole city's gonna explode. And uh, <laughs> then they go and pick up, as you say, the trannies, quote unquote. <laughs> and um uh and Come here or I'll break your face. And yeah, and then force them to to, you know, do some stuff. To blow them. Do some thing. Well, yeah. just you know, I need to <laughs> need to be gross about it. But uh so yeah, they do that. But 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 that scene's long. It is it long. is. Yeah. This is a, this is a 
a serious digression. It's. I don't even think we've met Pacino. No. I, no. I think he comes in about the 12-minute mark, 13 minutes. Yeah. Because I, when I was watching it, because it, it was my first time, I was like, is Pacino in this? I was like, is yes. he in this? Yes. Whereas in John Wick, he's in the first frame. <laughs> and you go, oh, there's John Wick. I'm seeing John Wick. There's John Wick. Yeah, that's right. Whereas here you go, where's Pacino? I'm riding to the studio. <laughs> Weird. You're like, he kind of looks like this other guy, though. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's the connection. Mm. Hey, girls, you working? You buying? No, honey, I ain't buying. Hey, what is that? You break your ass, you fall down on those high heels. Yeah, so your sister. My what? Come here, I'll break your face. Come here. Hey, man, give us a break, okay? I said, come here. Come on, you already hauled my ass in last week hard on. A lot of good it did me. Come on, baby, I cannot handle another bust this month. Hey, look, you're on my corner again, shithead. You know what that means? Get in the car. In the car. You remind me of a fella I used to know. He used to be a coke sacker. <laughs> Before that, he was a cork soaker. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Yeah? Come up here. I want to show you my nightstick. But, but before we leave the ambiguities, um, I, I did notice kind of my second time watching it, um, there is... There's there's the scene. It's early on, sort of when he's he's undercover, and he follows that guy in the park, and then it cuts to him meeting the chief in the bar where where he's playing pool, and it's like, well, what the fuck happened there? Like he was following this guy, like they looked at each other, had a moment, they're following, like, you know, did mm. did he do something with him? Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's sex with him, sucked his balls, did all of it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I, I, that's what I thought this time. I was like, oh, okay. Well, he went with him, so he went with him. Mm. And you know what? I've never seen Karen Allen in anything other than Raiders. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what What else is she in? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, okay. Well, I've seen that one too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, she is. She is in this. Uh, I've seen her in a couple of other things, but um, yeah, she, this is not a not not exactly a, a huge role <laughs> for her. No. no. But. Um, Yes, look, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, well, AJ, tell me more. What did you, what did you think of the, of the whole experience? I thought, I thought that Al, Al was great. Um, I thought that Golden Showers was a bold thing to have your hanky as. <laughs> yeah. I thought but that he was, clearly that got was told bold. what the codes were, and then yeah. he's gone yellow. What, what, I didn't get it. I, I, I think maybe that was sort of a, a way to ease himself into it. You know, <laughs> yeah, but I'm with the guy who got all angry. I'm like, yeah, man, what are you doing? Like. That's my key. Mm. That's what I'm about. And you just take, why are you gaslighting me like that? And he kind of mm. looked like the his neighbour. Ted. Yeah. So that was weird. The golden shower guy. Yeah. But what, what, side, what, side of, what side pocket did you have it on? So one is you're receiving <laughs> the golden shower, one is you're giving it. So um. I think as an entry-level thing, giving a golden shower would probably be kind of the entry-level. Yeah, but I mean, he... It doesn't Still. matter which pocket. He had a pretty big mistake to not know. Mm. Obvious. Yeah. So anyway, he blew it there. You in the water sports? <laughs> no. I just, I like to watch. 
Later. Yeah. If you like to watch, take that hanky out of your pocket, asshole. No, I, I really liked it because I, I did feel um, like we've come a long way since then mm. with, the, with the gays. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because it, it was a sad, like it was a depressing time for them. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was really well done. But interestingly, you know, maybe Ricky probably going to get into some of the controversy or something. But but uh, at some point, but th- famously, this movie was uh, roasted for being by certain people by 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 being reductionist and and sort of accusing all gay people of being you know either I don't know what like fetishists or homicidal maniacs or or whatever. It's a negative uh, of all of that. And Friedkin has said. No, it's it's said in a very specific uh, yeah, underground. Definitely. It's not it's not just in the in the art scene. It's not like we're not going to Ted with the on the play playwriting circuit or no. whatever. Like it's we're not going to Studio Fifty Four. No, no, this is this is <laughs> leather bars in the meatpacking yeah. district. Well, well, you said it, John. You you mentioned Ted. You know, if this really was trying to paint everyone, you know, all these gay people as the same, then Ted wouldn't be in it, or he would be another one of the leather guys. You know, mm. <laughs> the leather guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he wasn't anything. He wasn't like that. So, yeah, I feel like this was very specific. But but this, but this is the thing: people have been fucking morons for fifty years now. Like like so so this has come out a long time ago, and even back then. People are like, oh, oh you, you, the gay people, you can't, you can't, you, you're saying they're all killers and they're all bad. And you go, no, <laughs> it's a movie, it's not real. Um, there's evidence in the movie to suggest that this is just subculture. Are you okay? You know, are, are you okay? Because everyone <laughs> I- does this today. They go, they, they monkey see, monkey do, you know. And that they were, were a vulnerable part of the community. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Mm. She she can't she can't play she can't play trans. She not trans. She hot. <laughs> she hot cis woman. She not trans. <laughs> and you go, yeah, yeah, I, I get it, man. But but you also okay? the the inclusion of of that long scene with the cops at the start, like like you know menacing and and you know I guess sexually assaulting those those trans. It's like mm. you know that that also helps to balance things. I think a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting those digressions with those cops. Uh, they make this movie something else because if this was just a straight uh, police procedural, this would be completely different. You would you would at, begin with Pacino and the rest of it, but this this begins it, it creates a a tapestry of characters and 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 because Joe Spinell, I've just talked about him in that scene, so you know. It, that's it is a very ominous scene with the cops but then he comes back like four times later in the movie he's one of the people that checks out out of the bar he checks him out another time he's also there at the end when edelstein finally sees his uh his badge and he's like oh like and by that point he's sort of he knows that this guy is is out there getting his night, mm. nightstick mm. Just on Al Pacino, it'd be good to talk about him because he, he was not Friedkin's first choice to play the character. His first mm-hmm. choice was Richard Gere, uh, who, and, and he had expressed interest in, in doing the part. Um, and 
So Friedkin thought he he would bring a, a more of an androgynous quality to the role that Pacino couldn't do. I, I think if they they he would be good, but different. Yeah, it'd be different. I think he's a more more handsome man. I mean, AJ, maybe you can confirm that, but. I feel like gerbils, I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cheap, cheap <job>. <laughs> <laughs> But he's more of a La Femme. Yeah. Yeah, he's, sure. He's not, you mm. know. So I think, you know, I, I, what I like about Pacino is, is his innocence, you know, like that scene where he does go in and he asks about those, those handkerchiefs and, you know, and he seems a little bit freaked out uh, about a, a few of the things that he's kind of mm. seeing and, and discovering, you know. Um, I quite like that. No, but there's a scene you quoted the scene earlier where he go where uh, Paul Salvino says to him, he sets him sit down. He's interviewing him for this job, essentially of being this undercover guy, and he says, "Have you ever had your pole smoked?" Yeah, you know what he said? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my man. Yeah, by a man. And then and, and, and Pacino's response is really great. He's laughing. He's like, "Ha ha!" And he's like, "Ha, you're joking. I know you're joking." You know, like sort of like <laughs> it's a really weird thing like you know just he's because he's just yeah. being asked, it's totally inappropriate thing i don't know they told me that there was uh, some uh, special assignment and that i was right for let me ask you something have you ever had your cock sucked by a man a man <laughs> no uh never no, been I... porked or had a man smoke your pole <laughs> you gotta be kidding <laughs> yeah you're kidding i know it uh no no? Well, um, you got the wrong guy, I guess. That's all. Excuse me. Could I ask you about these? What about them? What are they for? Well, like Blue Hank in your left back pocket means you want a blowjob. Right pocket means you give one. The green one left side says you're a hustler. Right side, you're a buyer. The yellow one left side means you give golden shower. Right side, you receive. The red one right. means... Thank you. See anything you want? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home and think about it. I'm sure you'll make the right choice. I, I got, a, I got a couple of questions on Pacino. Is, is he a honeypot? <laughs> well, I don't well, know. Well, this guy is definitely. He's a type. He had a type. Yeah, yeah. I think he looked good, and I liked the the brooding. Hey, they're not saying much. All right, I we're, we're stepping that. into into. I don't, I don't. <laughs> It's keep it right here. So we'll leave that. Keep it to yourself. We'll shelve that. But but Pacino's dancing. Come on. It's great. <laughs> After he had the, what did you think about that scene with the with the salts? Oh yeah. After he had the salts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's jazzed up. You know, he's just getting it going, getting it all going. <laughs> he so. da- he's, he's, he dances. He has a similar dance in, in Scarface. Uh, Scarface. <laughs> yeah. He's fa- fa- famously not a very good dancer. I think. <laughs> I think Pacino's just sent of a woman, though. Yeah, but I think Coppola, yeah. is it Coppola talking about him not being a very good dancer in The Godfather, I think, maybe or something, because it's famous <laughs> dancing in that and, you know, he's just doing a, a terrible one-two step or whatever. But, um, <laughs> yes, look, uh, what you say about his innocence, I agree with that, uh, but what's really nice is in the final showdown, he knows all the lyrics. He's like, he's, he's staring him down and he's like lips or hips, you know, like... He's just yeah, like, no, he knows the lingo. ready to party, you know, or, or go anywhere. He's saying all that stuff. So it's nice contrast to the guy who, who at the beginning, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. 
Well, he did his research quite well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of scoping out. A lot of hanging out. Imagine hanging yeah. out of that bar like for six months. It was full on. Well, well, well. He and Friedkin did that for ages, like in actual in actual leather bars and stuff. It's and great. and and apparently Pacino saw stuff that just shocked Make him. Make girl. Oh, yeah. it's just wild. Wild yeah. shit goes down. Yeah, but but <laughs> what, one thing I questioned. Is why why did he throw out the stack of gay porno mags? If he's going undercover as a gay guy, wouldn't you just have him just keep him like lying around? Like, it's a good point. No, that is that is a great point. I thought about that this time. I mean, like he's getting rid of them because they're not his bag baby or whatever. But it's like, so when mate, you put them next to the toilet, when like for some guy to come and see them, like if they're just in your cupboard, yeah, he should get he should keep them. You're right. Like he's undercover as a gay guy. It's like, come on, man, like. What are you doing? I agree with that. Good point, Ricky. So, so the look of this film is interesting. Like it's it's almost black and white. It's color, but it's almost black and white. And this movie's grimy. Yeah, grimy New York. Grime. It, it, it does give a disgusting, so sort of dirty. Grime the to body it. parts look so gross. Like like everything mm. looks desaturated. Like there's just decomposing. All the again, all the walls are dirty. Mm. You know, there's a, like you can see it's really good print of this and. In one of the rooms that he goes into, it might have been Stuart Richards' uh, apartment or whatever. White walls and just like just grime around around the doorknob, like you know, yeah. big, a big radius around the doorknob where where hands have rubbed. Mm. All the walls yeah. are dirty. You know, this movie just looks so gross. Yeah, mm. don't you think those those leather bars would would really stink? Oh, it'd be disgusting. It'd stink like anal sex and cigarettes, right? Just anything that you right. could think of. All right, you shut up. Man. <laughs> uh, but why would? But but following on from that, one of the last things that that Karen Allen does is put on the 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 costume, the leather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be putting that on. Do you know what? What you say that until you see a gimp mask? I put on a gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> from the pub last that I night. worked at and people were outraged. They were like, how dare you put that on? Who knows where that's been? And I'm like, oh, cheap gigs. That's all I'm all about. You did it all for the, for the laughs. <laughs> I did and I'll okay. do it again. I've got the photo. I'll send it to you guys. Well, that is good. That is brilliant <laughs> and I'm amazed you did that for comedy. <laughs> However, Karen Ellen, there's no one around. It's just her. Yeah, that's true. She's putting it on, and and that's that's <laughs> the suit that he'd be wearing on the scene, you know. And it would mm. be all I'm saying is, Stranger Brother Lake had that scene with all the the the, the garbage, like the the KY mm. and the tissues and everything. You know, that leather would be. He's not cleaning that leather. Oh, mm. and it's summer in New York, right? Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. It'd be yeah. fucking hot. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's mm. in a way that's that's her transformation, you know. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's it was hard. Starting it was, to get it was, into it. it, was, it, was, it was, how she's going to get him back. You know, I looked at it and I was like, yes, yeah, that's right. That's the only way to win him back. That's yes. how you win me back, though. Cut that hair short. I've got a thing for short hair every now and then, you know? <laughs> she should do. Cut that the, the man short as well. Shave the back. Do it all. I'm like, Ooh, naughty. <laughs> naughty little boy. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Speaking of gimp masks, like there was that terrifying looking dude in the bar wearing a gimp mask. Yeah. And I was so hoping that in a few scenes later you'd see him again and he'd unzip and, and Al Pacino would be under it. 
<laughs> so you're hoping for a Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> With a gimp mask. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you spot Ed O'Neill? I did. Yes. yes. This is his first role. The youngest oh, wow. Ed O'Neill I've ever seen. Yeah. <gasps> wow. So, yeah, he's one of the cops. Yeah, I yeah, wrote Al Bundy in my notes. Al, Al Bundy. <laughs> Al Bundy. It's true. Yeah. So this film has, uh, as you know, a, co- a controversy surrounding it and it had to be recut several times at a cost of $50,000 to get it past uh, the censors. And Friedkin has said that the additional footage made the suspicion that Pacino's character may himself have become a killer more clear. So Friedkin actually sought to restore the missing footage for uh, a DVD release, but he discovered that United Artists no longer had it, and he believed that uh, United Artists just artists destroyed it. Oh wow! Which is a shame. That is a shame. But what are they fucking censoring? Wasn't wasn't no spoof in this? <laughs> well, that, that, well, that's the thing. It, all the stuff that was cut out was more of the explicit gay sex that are in the in the. I can't imagine they would have gone too hard though in mm. the states. Yeah, it's like, different. Not, not Euro. Not like the French. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Because it would, both of the films that have had, that we've had unsimulated sex in, so in The Idiots and mm. by Von Trier and Stranger by the Lake, they both did the same thing where they were like, you know, they got doubles in and so they could show us everything we needed to see, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Friedkin has said that he was disappointed with Pacino's lack of professionalism during the shoot. He claimed that it was often late and didn't add any ideas to the character or the film. And Pacino has said of Friedkin that he didn't let him know how to interpret the end of the film. And he's quoted as saying, am I the killer at the end of the picture or have I gone gay? <laughs> to, this, to this day, I don't know because Friedkin never told me how to play my final scene. Oh, oh shut up, Pacino. Like, like <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> would it have made a difference? But he's never he's never talked about this movie really. Like you can't find any footage of him talking about. It. Like it's funny you, you could you could see him talking about uh, Pacino talking about any old film, you know. But this is just one of those ones that he just doesn't. I mean, he hasn't come out and said he hates it or anything. But he just he just never talks about it. So I, it's always disappointing because it's it's one of his more interesting movies. It's more interesting than fucking Sin of a Woman. Mm. You know, like the, I mean, I enjoy Scent of a Woman, but but at the same time, it's just like this is this has grown over over its time. I feel like this is this will be with us for a, for a very long time. It's 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 upsetting and strange, and the ambiguities ambiguities are are its strength. And that ending is 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 brilliant. Mm. It's like you know, yeah, we we don't know. It's beautifully handled as well. Like that is such a. A, a ham-fisted thing for him to say because think about it. With with him looking at the camera, if you're really simple, you'll go, "He's a killer." But but there's there's evidence earlier. You go, "Oh wait a minute, the boy, Ted's boyfriend also had a knife, also was a hothead." So you go, "Well, maybe he killed Ted and you bailed know? and bailed, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever." And then but then we see a guy going back into the club who looks like the guys we've. We've seen earlier in the film, so maybe they didn't get the killer. Like so, there's there's a, there's a few things out there, and um, and it gets you, which Friedkin would like, I guess, us to to ruminate on on the broader point of 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 evil and malicious intent and murder and all that stuff and and human nature, as opposed to just going, you know, he's the killer, he caught gay, and now he's killing, you know. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I kind of appreciate that, that idea that, that, that he's caught the gay. But then, but then again, this was a time where that I think would have been a, a more uh, popular notion of catching gay. Mm. Yeah. Because sure. even Seinfeld, they, they, the joke in that is a sort of about catching gay. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, they're worried that they're going to being around it enough. I think Jerry even jokes about it. He's like, you know, we're very impressionable. We'll <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> go along with it. Yeah, that was very much in the 90s. Like even Joey and Chandler and mm. yes, all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. The whole gay, gay panic thing, really. Yes. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where did you get those eyes? Yes, it is time for Keeper or Creeper. Okay, all right, let's keep it simple. Uh, we will follow from uh, last week. We did Ricky edition, but it's Ricky and AJ edition tonight. So oh. we've got I've got one for you both. Look, he's looking around for a fucking pen, AJ. Notepad. His notepad. He's looking for a notepad. Uh, AJ hasn't moved. So I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm a professional, you guys. Okay, all right. So one, one option for you both, one option to contestants. Al Pacino as Detective, Detective Steve Burns. I put, put him as late 30s, maybe 40. I could swear to God oh. someone in the movie says he's like late 20s or something. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, that's just not, not possible. So 30s is what I'll say. He was a heavy well, smoker. I thought they though. were making him really young. Yeah. I thought he was fresh on the beat. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He kind of is, though, fresh on the beat, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he is. Uh, good head of hair. So yeah. I, I've never seen Al Pacino with this, this haircut. This is a very, mm. I don't know, um, it's sort of like Buffon. It's Paul Simon-esque. Mm. Yeah, but it's, it's big, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's got big hair. Uh, so that's, that's good. Dedicated worker, um, mm. gives his job, you know, 110. He is a cop. Um, I don't think I, I'm breaking any rules saying that. Um, but no, he's not a stick in the mud. <laughs> So don't, he's not like a desk man necessarily. He's got ambitions. Mm. Definitely has an open mind. Uh, mm. So do with that what you will. He's now working out, um, which is which is, you know, I think that's always a good thing. He, he likes a good rev up in the mirror too. So lifting the weights and going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, screaming, oh, yes. While he's, do, I've do, missed that. Yeah. More movies need to do that. It, I know the the mirror rev up. Come back. Looks good in leather, um, and I mean all leather. So not many men can pull off the leather hat. Mm. You know? <laughs> does does did... he pull it off? <laughs> well, you tell me. And, AJ, I believe you told me your father bought a leather cap at one point. He did. <laughs> yes. He like, did. Just like that one? Just like that one. Wow. It's a good look. Maybe he's called the gay. Maybe. As I said, <laughs> as I said he's adventurous, so, you know, um, if you've got a rag with some amyl on it, he'll go with you. Mm, that's true. You know, so don't feel like he's going to leave. He's going to judge you and say, no, I would never do that. Like he'll, he'll go along with you. As we've said, not a fabulous dancer. Um, so I don't know whether that's important to you. Brooding was a word that came up earlier and I'm definitely mm. going to go with that. He's got this, he's, he's sort of a taciturn brooding sort of guy. Uh, and finally, this always stuck with me. The kind of guy who will silently take OJ out from the fridge, sit somewhere weird, and drink it. <laughs> you know? 
You know that type? <laughs> okay. the, guy, the guy goes to your fridge and doesn't say anything, he's take it and you'll just like sit on a on a ledge somewhere and just drink it and out of the out of the bottle. He didn't get a glass. No. He didn't, you know, that says a lot about someone. I think. <laughs> so that's what we've got. Uh talk to me, people. He's an interesting one. I guess it hinges on uh if you think he's a a killer and B caught the gay. So I mean that works in my favour, but <laughs> you know, if he's caught it. Yeah. See, whereas I'm questioning myself. <laughs> <laughs> well what's great about this character is that he's with uh a woman, and it's suggested that he's been with men as well. So this works either way. Well, I, I don't mm. know, and he's with the woman at the end, but maybe, as you say, he's caught the case. We don't know. This is he's this is in play. This is a live, you know, um, chance mm. for both of you. So who who's going to turn him? Is it going to be me or AJ? <laughs> he looks like he likes fucking too. Like even when he's fucking her, he's into it. Mm. He's yeah, that's kind of hot. I don't know. That her. scene was kind of hot. Like it's sort of yeah. like. I mean, there's a lot going on there. He's charged up by oh, by, yeah. by the by the homoeroticism. It's, it'd be like me watching a footy match and going home and taking it out on, on my wife. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was a bit like um, in Munich. Have you seen Munich? Yeah. Where Eric Bannis just yes. fucking her into oblivion at yes. the end. Hot. <laughs> it was hot. Great stuff. <laughs> anyway, come on. Um, what's going on? I, I, I don't know. He's just he's, he's very grimy, you know. I think I think after stabbing stabbing the killer, I think he's got a taste for it, you know. Oh, because you know that's that's sort of one of the one of the suggestions there is that the knife and stabbing is like the ultimate penetration, you know. So I don't want to get stabbed. <laughs> but he was a lovely guy. He was a good friend. He was great to Ted. Oh, he was. Yeah, until he, he was. wasn't. So he killed him. So, well, we don't know that. That's me. Oh, it's 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 creeper for me. I just think he's 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 flipped. He's he's gone killer. All right, creeper for Ricky AJ. Come on, talk to me. Oh, anything he hasn't mentioned here, or look, I I, I dig the vibes. Mm. I like these vibes. Mm. Chicks I love like killers, don't they? Not, well, I don't know if he's a killer. <laughs> I like the brooding. I love the brooding. Yes. It's just um, I liked that that he because he had no one to talk to, so he was quiet a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a turn on. Mm. <laughs> but he was nice to Ted. Not, not that he was not many was friends. Fun. No, you know, so he's not getting up to too much, you know, strife. It's all right. So he just yeah. comes home, whatever time he wants. He's not going to tell you what he's doing. That's yes. That's I wouldn't the thing. like that at the start. But after a while, who gives? Because he'd be right? like, "Baby, don't don't ask, don't ask. I'm deep undercover, right. deep undercover." Yeah, so and eventually you're just like, that okay. "All right, yeah." So I'm gonna have to say creeper, but not by much. A Slim reluctant out there. Uh, creeper, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's a shame. I mean, I could have thrown a few other people in there. I mean, I don't know. I am. I was interested in seeing if I could tease out something involving uh, Joe Spinell, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> he seems like an interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> seems like a catch. Uh, yeah. All right, it's trivia time. 
So on first viewing the film, uh, Richard Hefner, head of the ratings board, said there aren't enough X's in the alphabet to rate this movie. Oh, come on. I don't buy it. It's a different time, though. 1980, you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see that, that cut footage, what was there, you know. Um, so Karen Allen was never shown a complete script before she worked on this film. Director uh, William Friedkin deliberately kept her in the dark since her character Nancy wasn't supposed to be aware of what was happening uh, to Al Pacino's character as he explored the gay underworld. And I believe also this is her first uh, film. It's her debut, I believe. So, like I said, I haven't seen her in much else. But um, So the body of Ted Bailey is shown in a position modelled on the cover of David Bowie's album Lodger. Oh. So check that one out. And speaking of some of the controversy, uh, people attempted to interfere with shooting by pointing mirrors from rooftops to ruin lighting for scenes, blasting whistles and air horns near locations and playing loud music. Uh, there were 1,000 protesters marched through the East Village demanding the city withdrew support for the film. As a result of interference, the movie's audio was largely overdubbed in order to remove the noise caused by uh, off-camera protests. I feel like protesting Marvel films like that one. Get out my mirror. Yeah, but you'd have to somehow get into the 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 studio there because they don't do anything on location, do they? No, no, no. All green screen. You know. Yes, we we have returned to the 1930s in that way. You know, like yeah, it's interesting. Mm. So that's my trivia. No, that's good stuff. Karen Allen (laughs) is. um, What else is she in? I think the main film I would know her from, apart from Raiders, would be Starman. John Carpenter. She's in that. That's a good film. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's a good, it's a very good film, um, a simple film, but uh, yeah, romantic sort of sort of film. And then she's done some stuff later, but yeah, I don't know, not so much. It's uh, it's time for the Me Too meter. Here we go. Heavens to Bechtel, the Bechtel test, the Bechtel test, informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. A worker said to pass the Bechtel test if it has two named women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Karen Allen as Nancy Gates. <laughs> Talks to herself. That's it. <laughs> um, named. Thank you, I guess. Uh, but no, no conversation. So, yeah, just... Um, no, no opportunity. So fa- fails the Bechtel test yet again. But then again, I mean, this is this is the confusing thing. So many of these gay movies fail the Bechtel test. So isn't that doesn't that mean they got to go? Yeah, that's why yeah. 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 they had the gays. Because gays are really it like that is just the patriarchy um, liquefied. You know, mm. like that's just we're getting it down. We're just like, yeah, this is how we really want it. Yeah. You it's know? patriarchy squared. It is. It is. No women at all. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how this how this all works. I mean, cruising is a bit different, I guess, different than some of the other ones because it's it, – well, we'll get into it, but it is – yeah. Let's get into these charges, shall we? Don't <laughs> want to jump the gun. Uh, while we're talking about Karen Allen, uh, her character is a, a mere flesh prop for the men who made this movie, just as in Quarrel – we have a woman forced to be confronted with the ultimate end game of the patriarchy. Once they have their ends, they will finally sideline women completely and set up leather bars where they can focus on what is really the most <laughs> important thing in the universe, cock and balls. <laughs> finally, 
We have a film that shows the police for the corrupt pigs they are. We see them coercing suspects, attempting to beat confessions out of them, and crucially, endlessly discriminating and aggressing the LGBT community. In one particularly memorable scene, two patrolmen pull over a pair of proud trans women, find a secluded place, and then get them to suck poles. Uh, This is no doubt what the police are doing across the West, abusing their power and privilege to get knobs polished. This is what I knew was going on and it was distressing and not at all arousing and I would appreciate you not interrogating the matter any further. No, I do not want to be manhandled by the boys in blue, forced to spread them and to strip off my leathers and be defiled by a powerful man of the law in a dirty alley. Oh, it's just me then? (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, there was only one person of color that I could see in this entire film, the muscle-bound cowboy. Uh, there was no dialogue given to this character. We will never know his hopes and dreams. All we saw was his hulking, powerful body stripped mm-hmm. to his underwear, and we were forced to imagine what it would be like if he were to lift us into his arms and carry us off to bed of satin sheets and to have his way with us. <laughs> I, I think I think the scene with that guy in it is my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> Of course it is. Uh, it's been slapped around. It's just so weird that, it is that he weird, comes but... in. He, he comes in. It's it's like a good cop bad cop thing, I guess. Like they bring him in just to to freak out the 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 suspect, but he, he walks in with just a cowboy hat and a jockstrap and just like slaps <laughs> him in the face. Yeah, it's bold. It's bold choices, you know. And they've talked a lot about it. Not my favorite stuff. Uh, the ending of the film is uh, supposedly ambiguous with John Forbes's Al Pacino uh, neighbor Ted being murdered. This is the there is the heavy uh, suggestion that Pacino's character killed Ted in some fit of homosexual jealousy. This exposes the main flaw of this bigoted film. John Forbes goes undercover in the gay scene, and through his experiences learning about gay hanky codes and other tidbits, the idea is that he uh, caught gay. And not just the normal gay, but homicidal gay. Being LGBT is not something you can catch, people. It's not even biological, as some bigots once thought. It's actually just something you choose in the morning based on how you feel and what perks you can get at work. No, you don't need to commit to fulsome oral sex on another man to say you're queer. You you just, you know... uh, you just do you, honey, I say. Uh, no one has any right uh, to ask you about it, but don't worry. No doubt you would have spoken less endlessly about it to your co-workers who didn't ask about it. So, uh, that's what I have to say about that. And as we have established, the biggest crime of the film can, uh, that a film can commit these days is to dare to tell an LGBT story, uh, to steal the lived experience of that community, and to engage non-LGBT artists to tell these forbidden stories. William Friedkin has married five women. Producer Jerry Weintraub has married two women. And Al Pacino has married five women, including his latest wife and mother of his newborn baby, Noor Alfala, who is 29. Pacino is 83. Uh, I feel these details tell you all you need to know about the cis, white, het men who who led the creative team on cruising. They didn't lean out. They leaned in and told stories they had no right to tell because none of them, as far as I can tell, has ever filleted another man to orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. You need to add anything? What, are, what, are, what, are we, what do we see in this film? Were, were there many black guys like in, in the gay bars? I, I can't remember. It was pretty white, nah, wasn't it? It was real white. No, hashtag. Yeah. Oh, cruising mm. so white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think I think the biggest charge is probably having actors play gay people and not be gay. So. Yes, yeah, which is un- disgusting. But again, I, you know, I think it just it, as soon as you put something in the, that that queer cinema umbrella, it passes. You know, and I think people will look look back on it a bit more fav- favorably than than they do. You know, when it first came out, it had all that controversy, and now they kind of look back and go, "Oh, yeah, it wasn't that bad." You know, I guess it is a kind of a queer queer masterpiece you know well i don't know i feel like this film um something about it it's 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 maybe it's the the story material the perspective or it's griminess there's something about it that makes it um i would i would argue unappealing to to the modern woke queer person Mm. uh i can imagine there'd be plenty of of you know of gay guys in the in the more hardcore scene who might appreciate some of the authenticity going on in the bars if there is any but yeah the modern people would just be like they'd be like where are all the kids (laughs) (laughs) maybe Maybe. i want the kids to lead me around on the leash Mm. i just don't think they'd be getting behind this film i don't know what it is like Mm. yeah it's um because ultimately it is about it it does what you're not meant to do which is which is um do a, a a a gay killer story, yeah. You know, which, but but the thing is, there have been heaps of gay killers. You know, I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was a gay serial killer. You know, oh, the heavy hitters, yeah, yeah. Dahmer, John gay. Wayne Gacy, yeah. Dahmer, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, gay. I'm typing it in. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath he is. Yeah, case of Jeffrey Dahmer. Was Jeffrey Dahmer gay? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. No, he definitely was. <laughs> he definitely was. He killed, he killed tons of blokes. Chopped them up. And boys. And boys, mm. yeah. He, he yeah, but I don't label them. people. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think it passes? I don't know. I don't know. Like I, it, I just think that it's maybe because it was so – it was controversial, um, but it doesn't have the – there's something that makes it. I could picture the Guardian talking favorably about Basic Instinct mm. somehow. I don't yeah. know why. I could picture yeah, them. Yeah, female empowerment. Female Definitely. empowerment. Yeah, they yeah. could just say, yeah. "Oh, it's just great." Love all that. Mm. I just don't think that they that they could support this one. I think that they would yeah. give it. They they they'd sell it as being some kind of flawed masterpiece, but they'd have to make a lot of concessions. You know, nah, just I, I agree. They couldn't just say. Because there are people, and I'm, you know, I, I think this is a masterwork. I think it's really, 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 really interesting and really, really good. Um, and I just don't think that they would, that a, you know, they would get behind it in the way they should. Mm. So does it get full marks? Um, yeah, and the treatment of Karen Allen, I think, would would upset a lot of people as well. People would just be like, "What a thankless role." She yeah, yeah, the yeah. lead character. Yep. You know. She should solve the case. She should definitely solve the case. She should shoot the guy, you know, in the park. Yep. And, yep. and um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, if she does tempt him back from Gaydom, is that good or is that not good? Well, that would be, that would be conversion therapy, right? Depends it would. There's no homo or not. No, but, like, what's the rules here? So is it – wouldn't that be female empowerment? That she's Get so – Hot, like and so good mm. that she just that he's like oh I don't care about that dick anymore and he's he's all about her or I don't know 
No, then she pegs him. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what's missing from the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She keeps the leather on, the glasses on. Yeah. Dildo on. That that should have been the last scene. Her her getting the strap on on. And her looking in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, four marks. This is a toxic film. Excellent. I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. All right, very good. Now, AJ, let's get serious. Uh, it's the boobometer. Uh, quantity zero. <laughs> Quality, again, uh, uh, it's a dark day for the boobometer. Endless <laughs> hunks with asses showing through jock straps. Not one titty. But the sex scene was good, so that's something. The sex scene was good, actually, and I told you it made it. It was the the, the homoeroticism made it mm. made it odder. I don't know. There was something mm. coming about it. It's a bit like Crash. That scene in Crash. Yes, yes, very good. Um, but this reminds me of you know that story I told you about the my students who teach screenwriting, and I, I showed them, I gave them, I wanted them to come up with scenes, and so I gave them these Gregory Crudson photos, which are like these David Lynch uh, style photographs, and I just said, you know, come up with scenes based on these cinematic images, broke them off into groups, and then one guy up the back, a heavy set guy <laughs> who was wearing a heavy metal shirt as well, like. This type of guy has existed my whole life. Like, I think I've been that guy pretty much, like, you know, when I was much younger. And um, he had a beard and everything. And then he goes, exasperated. I heard him say, <laughs> oh, why, why has every image got, it got, why these images all got titties in them? <laughs> why so much titties or whatever? Wow. Was, like, was he gay though? Absolutely no. not. He was just a, just a pussy, you know, <laughs> just, just a, Pussified generation that like what's wrong with this kid i felt like just saying you need you need therapy you can't enjoy a titty and they were good images anyway it weren't about the titties but like if you can't appreciate one that's popped out to say hello and you, you just want to see, it's like they say you know some men just want to watch the world burn <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes, you get nothing, unfortunately. <laughs> That's a shame. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Okay, well, on to reviews. Uh, Brian Jurgens, associate editor with gay culture website After Ellen, contended that the movie uh, viciously exploited the gay community, arguing that gay or male sexuality does not seem to serve any purpose in the plot other than being prop to shock heterosexual audiences. Mm. Big. When was that? When it, when it first came out, Okay, I think, yeah. So here's one from Roger Ebert, who gave it uh, two and a half stars out of four. Uh, there's a large, loud question right here at the centre of cruising, and because the movie lacks the courage to answer it, what could have been a powerful film dissipates its forces and leaves us feeling merely confused and annoyed. The question is, how does the hero of the film, an undercover New York policeman, ultimately really feel about the world of homosexual sadomasochistic sex as he is uh, assigned to infiltrate 
Is he touched by the sexual underground in an important way? Is his own sexuality involved? Is he intrigued by the aura of violence? The movie won't say, and its failure to commit itself would be less annoying if it weren't for the fact that the whole thrust of the movie is towards setting up those questions, which the ending then leaves deliberately and confusingly unanswered. The movie is so annoyingly unclear about whether he, Pacino, actually encourages, uh, engages rather in sex with the men he meets in the bars uh, that, that it's a cop-out. Whether he does or doesn't have gay sex is central to the story, and the movie makes that obvious, and yet Friedkin looks the other way at crucial moments. Is he afraid to offend anybody? Then why choose this subject? Ebert finishes by saying, here is a movie that's well visualized, that does a riveting job of exploring an authentic subculture and has a fairly high level of genuine suspense from beginning to end, and that then seems to make a conscious decision not to declare itself on its central subject. What does Friedkin finally think his movie is about? Mm. There you go. It's our favorite. (laughs) So there's a man who hates the ambiguity. Yeah, which is weird. Like that that's the you know, that's the strength. And then look, yeah, the hint this film, whether you think it sucks or or it's amazing, um, hinges on that. And I just find that the the questions in it really, really upsetting. We don't know who killed who. We don't know if those body parts are related because we never saw anyone cutting anything up. it's all so confusing. And um uh and there's something about there's something darker going on which which is mm. which is feels big, you know? Yep. I don't think he did it, putting it out there. Well, that's okay. Think, <laughs> think, think what you like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I did think he did it. So. I like, I want him to have done it because it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, and that poor guy, Ted, getting killed, you're just like, oh, jeez. Well, you knew that Ted was going to die. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't know. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I... Did, did you ever think Ted would be the killer? Well, probably not because it doesn't look, look That would anything. be modern no. and yeah. shitty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? No. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he, he, no, he could be the guy in the Git mask. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'll get my Scooby-Doo ending. Oh, God. So that does that. that's basically the end of Pride Month. We've got one more to go. Well, we have a kind of gay movie left to go. Which yes. is Saturday Night Fever. For Mano and I Mano. like that you're doing that for Mano Mano and not for, you couldn't leave that one for me. <laughs> Ricky. That had to be the That's Ricky. That so the you get the one. dick sucking ones. That's right. You, get, you, you don't get to watch the nice John Travolta movie. No, because we need Yuri to watch that. every week. Yeah. Hang on. Is it, we'll get into this next week, but is it is it a nice movie? Because there's some. Oh, you it's know, a nasty movie, yeah. It is there's nasty elements to it. Yeah. yeah, but it's on, like I'm saying, it's on TV a lot. You just want to see the dance. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that, AJ. It's Ricky's fault. <laughs> he curated this one. Because so, he looks know. forward to it all year. So it's almost over. And it, I, don't even, I don't know what we're, what we're doing after that. I need to, need to think. I need to think. It's been, it's been bruising, to be honest with you. Like, as I said, like, it's just been hunks. You know, I'm I'm Pacino at the end of the movie, looking in the mirror. Yeah, like, yes, know. yes. Hunks you know? and spunk. Yeah, yes, yes. I can't deny that. That's true. So we'll, you, we'll, you've caught the gay, haven't you? I have. I have caught the gay. <laughs> All right. Well, we said what we said. Yeah. At this point, it gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, true. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh, and remember, Sideweave Cinema will save, save cinema. 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 Oh, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the best one. <laughs> Sorry. Johansson, she she can't she can't play she can't play trans she not trans she hard she hard for a cis woman she not trans.